All right, welcome to our podcast, Cocktails and Bullshit. Along with myself, Lou Rivera, and a very good friend of mine, Mr. Scott Heim, we're going to discuss just about anything and everything on this podcast. Along the way, we will enjoy a cocktail and try to grab a few laughs. So sit back, relax, and join in on the conversation. Let's get to it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back. I am so glad to be here with my friend Scott doing cocktails and bullshit. We have so much to talk about, as always. We are not going to hesitate. We are not going to wait. We're going to get right to it. Mr. Scott Heim, how are you doing, sir? Lou Rivera, I'm having an amazing week, man. I tell you what, some some weeks are just built for podcasting, man. And, and fortunately for us, we can count on our good old-fashioned U.S. of A government to Give us some entertainment that we can show up here once a week and talk about, brother. And, and man, I am excited to talk about uh, this this Martha's Vineyard and and all and all the other shenanigans going on between our our two favorite parties, the Republicans and the Democrats. Man, I'm ready. I tell you, it is so crazy what is going on out there every day. It seems like I talk to my brother every day, and we have all this conversation of all the shit that is happening right now in the world, in this country. And how do you make any sense of it? Yeah. You know, so, so, you know, in case you live under a stone or under a rock out there in the listener world and, and did not catch that the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis sent a couple plane loads of, uh, of immigrants to Martha's vineyard. And uh, you know, I, I heard it. I in traveling this week. I, I heard it was happening. I caught it. But, but my hotel TV was on and I happened to catch Tucker Carlson. And, and like we say every week, man, there's this side, there's that side and whatever's in the middle. And it can be exhausting if you get caught up in the whirlwind. But, but I will say Tucker Carlson did a pretty amazing job of unpacking the situation at Martha's Vineyard. And it, it was, I mean, it was, uh, funny's the wrong word because, you know, you're talking about human lives here and, and it's a tough situation and, and I, you know, funny is the wrong word, but listening to him be, maybe it was ironic is the right word, walk through the fact that Martha's Vineyard is 89% white, you know, Anglo American and, and l- walking through how the, you know, the poor job that they've done in receiving these immigrants and the and and the shock that is apparently, you know, how are we going to handle this? We don't have places to put them. And, you know, like it's like, well, hang on a second. I mean, that that's our country in general with with immigrants at any given time. That's why that's why we're supposed to have a system in place that that receives those correctly and 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 functionally and. I, I mean, I, it's, it's horrible to make fun of it. So I please know that I'm not making fun of the people. I'm making fun of the scenario and the craziness that is our two parties and, and how they pull each other's chains. And to make no mistake, the Republican Party, by shipping in these immigrants into all of these, you know, they shipped some to, to, to D.C. a while back. They shipped some to Martha's Vineyard this week. They shipped some to, to Kamala's house this week. I mean, uh, so whoever's writing that playbook for the Republicans is certainly, you know, Mama always said, always make an impression. And they are certainly making an impression as, as it relates to this given topic. It's crazy. No, stop. Would you shut up? We want to have a lunch here. Would you stop? I'm 
paying a lot of money to stay at this hotel. I'm on my honeymoon. We just want to have a nice, quiet lunch. Eddie, Eddie, it's okay. They're not No, party. it's not okay. We're newlyweds. We just want to have a quiet time together. How can we have any good memories if you guys keep... I got to laugh at it. I love it, man. I love it. You know, it's like a chess game, and uh, they just keep going back and forth. I think the best part of this is just listening to all and listening and seeing all the reaction from the other side. I mean, they're up in arms. They, they really don't even know what to think of it. They're comparing it to the Holocaust. I mean, can you yeah. imagine? <laughs> they're comparing it to that. I mean, it's not that bad. These guys that are coming off the bus, the men and women, what really is surprising to me is that they all have phones. Like, where are yeah. they getting these phones and how are they paying for this? They have sent them up there to uh, so they can so the people there can get a taste of what is going on. Here's the thing. The people that are not in the border town, they have no idea of what's going on. It's not affecting them, so they don't give a shit. But if they were to go down there and see what is actually going on and who's being affected, all those towns and cities that are down there, they're the ones that are having to deal with this. And nobody really gives a shit. So for them to do this so, so they can get a little taste of their own medicine and to see uh, what it feels like, it's fucking awesome. It, it's it is. And it's the craziest thing to watch how poorly they're reacting to the reality of life that that all these border communities have to deal with. And 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 now now it's a problem. And, and, and you know, as 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 crazy as it is, the Democrats are now going to the book of we are handling immigration just fine. Like they couldn't get it any more wrong. Like like they literally are now saying, why are you shipping people here? Because our system works great if you just let the system work. The system is shit. It's horrible. The numbers of people that are just coming through and then you start piling on bad guys, MS-13, fentanyl, pick, pick your bad thing that's happening from bad immigration policy. And it's off the charts, worse than it's ever been in the history of our, our, our country. And, and their <laughs> answer is, we have a great policy. I don't know why the Republicans would choose to ship people. They just don't like people and they're playing games with humans. And that's why they're doing this. No, they want you to have the full experience. Tucker Carlson kept showing Obama's $12 million spread, his house, his, his compound on Martha's Vineyard. And then he was like, okay, so I think you could set up a tent community out here, I think would work great. Um, I think you could put some people to work here because look, there's a lot of greenery that needs to be worked on. And, and these people are eager for jobs. Like the, the level of, of unpacking and breakdown that he did, he started off by showing, let's go live now to Martha's Vineyard so you can see everything that's going on. And then he played crickets because there was nothing going on. He had live views, like four or five live shots of Martha's Vineyard. It's just quiet <laughs> the whole time. It was the funniest damn 20 minutes of TV I've ever seen. And like I said, I, it's a, it's an unfortunate situation, but, but if you, you know, if you don't know if whether to laugh or cry, um, and because there is a serious underpin, but, but, you know, God bless their hearts, the Republicans for finding a way to help people to understand that the policies and decisions that are being put in place, this is what happens from them. This is, this is what this part of the communicate, the, the community, this is this part of the world, the, all of the border town. And I lived in El Paso for five years. 
I know what it's like to live in an impoverished border town, which El Paso is. And I cannot imagine what it would be like down there with all this piling in on top of it. It's hard enough before this. So it's, uh, oh man, I, I feel like the Martha's Vineyard is the tipping point. You know, it, it, when it was D.C., it was fine because there's so much other crazy in D.C. And then and then it was in Chicago and, and they got that wrong and they started moving them out to the suburbs. And the reasons for that, they had to move them to the suburbs because, you know, they they got taste of Chicago coming on or whatever the hell. There was some event coming in and they land like, you know, like in six months, they had to get the people out today because of this event in six months. Maybe you remember what the hell it was. But, you know, again. They got it wrong. Well, then, then the land of it, like, I, I wanted to be in the meeting where, where the DeSantis team was like, hey, here's an idea. What if we shipped them up to Martha's Vineyard? And you know, you know there was laughter. And then somebody went, no, wait, hold on. That could work. <laughs> like, like that, that would be really interesting. Like, that's a meeting I wish I was sitting in to see how that all got unpacked. I'm telling you, man. And, you know, you had me go in there in the beginning because you, you had a good impersonation of uh, Cardi B. <laughs> she, she came on the news. She put uh, something out on Twitter or Instagram, one of those. And she was saying that she doesn't understand how people are living now because of the inflation. I mean, they've got it so wrong. And she was a big supporter of Biden. I mean, she rallied for him when he was uh, running for president. This girl has millions of followers on Instagram and and Twitter and everywhere else. And um, she is saying that the people around her, like her friends and her family, she really feels bad for them because uh, they're all coming to her and she's helping them out. But they're all coming to her saying, how are, how are they going to manage this? Because inflation is so high, you know, gas, food and what have you. And uh, she was saying because of her that, you know, they've got her, but other people out there, they don't really have anyone. So they're just dealing with everything that's going on. So it's just amazing. They've got everything backwards, but they seem to try to make sense of it, which is the thing that I don't understand. No, you, you're right. I mean, it's you, when I guess I guess you and I are just, you know, we're just jealous, brother. We're just jealous because clearly our, our lives are impacted by the decisions our government makes day in and day out. We're just jealous that we don't have this life where we live in a bubble until it gets so broken and so bad that that's when they become impacted. And they, they take two seconds and step out of their bubble because they have to. And they realize it's a shit show going on. So it's crazy, man. And go ahead. They want to help everybody out. And I I'm very sympathetic to that. Listen, either have open borders or close the borders. You really can't uh, try to do both and not have anything in place. And, you know, it's not just uh, this administration. It's every single administration behind it. Nobody has got that right. And we have to do something about it to have something in place where if somebody wants to come, you know, they come here legally. But right now it's just it's just a hot mess. Yeah. And, and we have, you know, we have been a, you know, everyone in this country, unless you're Native American, is uh, that that is a correct statement. It is an immigrant. Uh, so I, I, we are a country of that and, and we want to be that. It makes us better to have diversity. Uh, it, it, you know, that was the premise of Tucker Carlson's whole piece is it does make us better to be diverse. And, and so so congratulations, Martha Vineyard, because you just began to work on that 89 percent Anglo white 
population stat that you have and, and welcome and, 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 and appreciate the diversity. Um, but it has to be done correctly. And, and, and I, you know, Hey, I, I also agree that it's been done incorrectly on both sides for years and years and years, because it's been all about some goofy political game. Um, and, and I want for the people who are trying to better themselves, I do want clear process, make it, make it be a process that they can navigate or whatever that needs to be. My beef comes in when it's, when it's bad guys, when it's, when it's bad things. I mean, this, you know, and, and it, that part is real, man. If, if you don't think for a second that, that Russians are coming through and MS-13's coming through and pick, pick your bad guy population, man. When we get, when we get our political world, uh, you know, in a, in a mess like this, we get taken advantage of. And, and I, you know, I happen to work for a business that, that got hacked with ransomware uh, in, the, in the last year. And actually my industry that I'm in, uh, has been hacked. Like it, you, they've worked through our industry, large, large company to large company to large company. And, and man, you want to talk about the experience that Martha's Vineyard people are having when, when all of a sudden your business comes to a screeching halt and you can't turn on your, your computer because it, it's, it's gone. Your entire backbone to your business is gone today. Uh, and that's, that's because bad guys in our world are real. Uh, and they're 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 real in in all facets of what we do. And one of the biggest places is what's coming across the border right now. And I guess I'm pontificating and, and on my soapbox a little bit, but but I don't even think we we understand. I don't even know we know just the level of bad that's happening with with bad folks. You know. Yeah, you uh, mentioned that there was a company that uh, they were being held ransom. Uh, they went in and they hacked their system. And this was a food company. So uh, they had to go and do everything manually just yeah. to, to be able to uh, get everything out the door. And I think they, it, this was kind of a, a, a small, middle-sized company. It wasn't one of these huge companies. But they ended up having to pay, like think, like $15,000 uh, just so they can go ahead and pay the ransom and get back into this system because they were losing so much money as is that that was a cheaper route to go. But, you yeah. know, if you, if you look at, um, you know, what they're saying that the, uh, the borders are closed, right? Because they, uh, Biden and, and the press secretary and, um, Kamala Harris, they were all saying that the border is closed, but all these people that they're asking that are coming off the bus, uh, most of them don't speak English. But they're asking them if the border is open or closed. And they're all saying that the border is open. And when you think about that, uh, to your point, if we don't do anything about the border, you, you can you can talk about illegal aliens or what have you. But you've got drugs, you've got child and women, women trafficking. You've got criminal activity that's coming across. I mean, that is that is fluid and that is ongoing. That is not going to stop unless you know, we enforce it and it's never going to be, it's never going to be to the point where it's, you know, a hundred percent, but right now, man, it is, it is crazy. Yeah, no, for sure. It, it's so insane. And, uh, you know, again, you know, you pick all these, these markets that, you know, that, that they're trying to shove it up the, the, the democratic governor, mayor, pick your, pick your city, whatever's ass. And, and they've got a good strategy because it's, we're talking about it today, right? I mean, it, it is on the news and it's very evident. And whoever came up with Martha's Vineyard, I, I don't know what the next one is, brother. I mean, where where do you go? Let's think about that for a second. Like, 
Could you have picked any other place to make more of an impression and flip flip the script than sending a couple planes of immigrants to Martha's Vineyard? I don't I don't know where you go next, man. Crazy. Yeah, Ron uh, DeSantis uh, is definitely up there when it comes to uh, doing things uh, to get underneath their skin. And uh, he does a good job at it. And, you know, the thing, if you're on the right, you're going to love Ron DeSantis. If you're on the left, you're just going to hate that son of a bitch. But you think about uh, that, that uh, they were having, I guess, I don't, I don't know if you call it a rally, but they were getting together, uh, Biden, Kamala Harris, and um, also uh, Pelosi. They were giving themselves a pat on the shoulder for the uh, inflation reduction bill that they passed. And just right. that very day... Right. They came out with the report as far as inflation and it was high again. And, you know, here they are, you know, trying, trying. They pass uh, that bill uh, to to decrease inflation and is doing the, the complete opposite. They, they were literally on TV patting themselves on the back. And in the small square, they were showing the stock market crashing or, you know, on its way back down. I mean, 1200 points. Right. I mean, you, you couldn't get, we talked last <laughs> week about how bad the optics were on all of the dark red lighting around Biden in that, in that address that he made, you know, and, and it, the magically now they have the optics of patting themselves on the back about killing, you know, solving inflation as the market's crashing. And then this week, did you catch the Biden at the Detroit auto where he was driving around in the cars and what have you? Did you catch any of that stuff by chance? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, he they said at the Detroit auto show, but I, I feel like that's always early in the year. So I don't it was something in Detroit and there were a bunch of cars and he was driving them around. And I mean, it was embarrassing. I felt bad for the guy. Literally, his he's in the Corvette. You know, he's in, in like this hot Corvette and he's got a um a uh, security guy, a secret service guy sitting in the, in the passenger seat. And his wife is, she's got her hands on the door in, in looking in the window and she's talking to the other secret service people that are around the car. And she's saying he he's, he's going to drive this back to the white house. Like we have to stop it. He's going. And it wasn't, it was like when my wife says something, when, when I've had one too many and I'm about to go do something dumb that she knows is just going to result in her having to be at the hospital for the next three hours or, or God forbid worse. Right. I mean, like, like it wasn't her being funny. It was her making sure everyone knew bad shit was about to happen with this guy. And, and he was serious. Like you could see him like, get out of my way. Cause I'm about to drive this vet to the white house, you know, <laughs> get him off that bicycle and out of that car. He is not equipped to be driving that type of machinery. You know, I hate to say it, dude, but he is just not doing a good job for the country. I wish we had someone else in there that uh, can keep moving this country forward and not backwards. Yeah, well, you know, and to that point, because we're having a laugh, that finally, finally, there's some political stuff that you're not dragging me into this week that I'm happy to talk about because I think it's actually so absurd. It's funny. But, um, I, you know, I do think I'm excited. I want it. I want to get this. You know, they're not it, whatever the not contract with America, the new Gingrich thing, but you know, the new version of that, I want to, I want to get that in writing and I want to see who's signing up for what. And I want to compare that to, you know, like give me something in writing well in advance that says what you're making a commitment to. And now I want, now we can talk about something, you know, now we can see, okay, who's really signing up for shit and who's not. And I know I'm, I'm getting sucked in because they say they're going to sign up for it. Doesn't mean they're going to do it. 
But uh, but at least it's a place I can start because trying to cipher through any commitments they make in any other way is really hard to do. So at least they're pushing this one. And uh, and I want to see what these clowns are signing up for because I want it. I want it to. You know, I, we need some help. We have real problems. I hate to steal from, you know, me, I'm a movie guy. I keep stealing from movies. But, uh, but you know, the American president was right. We do have real problems in this world, and we need real solutions, not silliness, you know? Yeah. Well, I really believe that uh, things are shifting, though. I think uh, a lot of people are starting to realize what's up. You know, uh, me and my brother were just talking about that this morning. Uh, the Democrats, they love to help everybody out, you know? They, they, they want to use our money and uh, put in all these uh, programs to help the, the needy and the people that don't have. But just I think Madonna said it best while, a while back. She said, uh, you can't bring everybody up with you. We, we want to help everybody that we possibly can. But how much people can you help? I mean, there's got to be a, a, a certain cutoff point And that's all you can do. You you just can't bring everybody. You can't help everybody in the world. I mean, we we're a country that's just trying to survive as is. We've got a lot of our own issues. I mean, think about the vets. Think about the homeless people. I met this guy uh, over at Walmart and he was homeless and uh, he's probably listening to the podcast. Super nice guy. Uh, We just hit it off. I went to Walmart and I was staying there overnight. and He came up to me. And uh, was asking me questions about the van and uh, if I'm staying there that night. And he's been staying there probably for about a month or two. Um, he's in his, I believe, late 60s or early 70s. I don't remember. And, um, man, super nice guy. And here's a homeless guy that's just bat- down on his luck, you know, got sick and wasn't able to work and what have you. And uh, he ended ended up being out in the streets. And people like this is the people that we should be helping. This is an American, an American that uh, we're, we're not giving assistance to, but yet we can give assistance to other people in other countries. You know, it, it, you got it. You're dead right. It can happen like that. You tell that story. I used to tell this story, and now enough years have gone by. I haven't told it in a while. But, but there was a one day, you know, before Michelle and I were married, and, you know, so, so go back to early 90s, you know, and, and she came home from work one day, and, and I, was, I was sewing a shower curtain liner, not like the fancy curtain, but like the 99 cent liner that, you know, wears out after a while or gets mildewy after a while. I was sewing a zigzag stitch in, I had ripped it and, and I was, I was stitching it back on my sewing machine. And she's like, she came in, she's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, I'm sewing this, this shower curtain liner back. I ripped it this morning. And she's like, they're like 99 cents. And I remember saying, yeah, let's, we can either have a new shower curtain liner or we can have bread this week. What, what do we want? You know, like <laughs> we, we were just starting out. And, you know, I mean, we didn't have two nickels to rub together. We were in debt from, from college and, and getting started in our career. And I was like, man, I can sew this shower curtain liner. You know, I mean, it, 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 and I certainly don't mean to compare that to this guy that's down on his luck. But the point is, I mean, I got a couple things to bounce the right way. And, it, you know, knock wood here. It's kind of worked out for us for a lot of years. But, man, it doesn't take much to bounce the other way. And, and like you said, you you can, you know, without going into it too far, you know, my, my son got got sick. And, and out of, uh, of nowhere, we all of a sudden he needed a drug that was $900 a month, not covered by insurance. I mean, and then you pay it. As a parent, you figure out a way. And, and you know, so... So there were a few lean months there and, until he got onto a different drug and different insurance. And, you know, you, you navigate those waters. But again, that's one, that was one time it could have turned a different way. And I could have been that guy talking to you at Walmart because, I mean, it, none of us are above that. Um, 
and and sorry, and I'm going on and on, but I I do I think someone could come in and say, well, well, hang on a second, we we have we have these kids that need to be you know walk to school every morning, and we have this mom who can't get a job uh, and and has to look after these kids. What what if she was in charge of of you know getting them to school in the morning? And, and this, you know, whatever, what, what our dad or who are you know, like, like, how do we take the people and help them and, and pay them and sponsor them for needs that they have based on things we need done in our communities? Because I feel like there's a lot of work to be done around here. Many hands mate like work. How do, how do we build a program that can kind of help all that happen? And now, now someone feels good about their contribution and then they're getting, they're getting paid something. And, you know, like, I don't know, dude. There's got to be a way, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I always talk to uh, young people, and I always tell them to hang in there because a lot of them think that they've got it really bad. They're not making any money. They're not happy at their job. You know, it takes time for that. We all go through that. In the beginning, yeah, it's rough, and uh, sometimes you don't have money to even buy food or gas or what have you. But if you work hard and you keep at it, slowly and surely you'll start accumulating some things, and you'll be able to buy and do the things that you want down the road. It's hard out there. What do they say? You're uh, two checks away from being homeless? No, you're dead right, brother. Well, we've been talking for, for 20, 25 minutes now about some serious topics, uh, you know, some funny topics and some serious topics. Can, can, can we bounce a little bit here? You know, the queen died this week. You know, she, she, she got her money's worth. She, she's done a lot of amazing things for, for the fine people of, of England. Um, you know, we got, we got King Charles now, my friend. I mean, I, I feel like there's some good entertainment value about that. You know, God, God bless Queen. No disrespect. I, I hope she's looking down and smiling or wherever she's supposed to be. But but having King Charles take over, I think the winning is just beginning with some good royal entertainment. Now we're going we're gonna to move into a new season over there. I just read where somebody said, uh, finally, a 72-year-old man gets a job. I don't know if he's uh, going to be any good or not. Uh, he seems like a really nice guy. I just think he's really bland and boring. Yeah. Well, so so I'm going to get to what I think is going to be funny as we as we move on. I'm going to build on a theme here. But, but I will admit, since I was going right into the funny part, I should give the guy some credit. I don't know if you caught his first address. I don't know. It was one of whatever day it was, Saturday when it happened. So I had to be in front of the TV when, when he was giving it. And I will say I turned to Michelle and I was like, that guy's pretty good. Like, like it's been a long time since I've seen one of our political people or, or you know, in, in that genre deliver a presentation that 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 was impactful, like it came from the heart and you weren't reading a teleprompter. And and, and I'm sure I mean, he was speaking about his mother. I'm sure a lot of it was sincere and genuine and came natural. But I was like, that's the first time I heard the cat talk that I was like, ah, he's, maybe he's not kind of a dope. you know. <laughs> but 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 I mean, come on. So we got Camilla. I mean, you know, can, can, you know, no one's ever going to get out of, of, of Lady Di's shadow. I mean, no, no one would ever want to follow Princess Diana. That's a tough one. So, so bless her heart for at least being, you know, clearly there's love there because if, if you weren't madly in love with that guy, you know, you, you, no one would want that day in day out. But where I'm really going is, is William and, and Harry. I mean, you know, you got, you got William and Harry. I mean, Harry, Harry's always been the crazy younger brother. William's always been the one that had to kind of keep it together and keep his face on because he was going to take over one day. I mean, there was a lot of talk that, that Charles was going to abdicate back in the day when, 
when the whole country had no use for him. And, and obviously he's made it through that. But, uh, but like William and Harry aren't enough. I mean, they're where they're at because their two wives are pulling the strings on them. And I don't know which story's right, and I don't know which story's wrong. But, man, there is a big commitment to drive a wedge between those two groups of people. You know, there, there's clearly something between Kate and William and clearly something between Megan and Harry. And, and, like, literally, Megan and Harry moved away and said, we give up everything, we don't want no part of it. So, so something entertaining has to happen over the next five to 10 years with that type of, of, of wedge in the middle of a family like that, you know, and, and they, I, I, I raise it because I feel like grandma kept it together. You know, I feel like the queen kept it together as much as possible and that's gone away. So look out, man, here we go. Totally agree with you. You know, William is the next in line. I, I believe he's the next in line and he's so much different from Harry and uh, I guess with Harry uh, departing and leaving the, the family, uh, I don't I don't think they have any use for him. I think William will do a good job if, if he gets to that point. But um, uh, Charles, if you think about it, he's he's been in the wing for a really long time. I mean, he's he's got to be ready for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, no, no doubt. No, nobody in the history of man has had this much training to take over a job, but uh yeah, I think we should do it on here we are on whatever day episode soon to be six or seven, whatever we're on here. I think we should we should get it over and under. I'm going to say we're in 2023. I'm going to say December 31st, 2025, Harry and Megan will be divorced. I'm or we'll we'll file for divorce. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I think I think that 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 piece, you know, now now that they. They were told to go to the corners when, when the queen was alive. And I think now the functional breakdown is going to happen. And, and I think Charles has got no use for it. I mean, I, the, the story is that he told Harry to come, you know, come, come up to Balmoral and, and, you know, his, his grandma was, I'm, I'm sure he, you know, like you, like you do in that scenario, hey, it's time to come to her bedside and, and but don't bring Megan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, he's made it clear that uh, William is is is, is uh, the one to lead after him, and then uh, Harry. He just kind Harry and Meghan just kind of got pushed aside. Uh, he was really cordial about it, but I think he made his point. And yeah. uh, I I think Harry's just whipped. He's just yeah. whipped. You know, Meghan's got him. She's got him by the balls, and uh, I think eventually he'll probably realize that. Probably realize that, and um, you know, end up coming back to the family. Who knows? Yeah. But hey. Uh, I'm going to call it the end of 2025 is when Harry's going to be like, I'm back. Hey, man, I think your prediction is going to be right on. So let's go ahead and uh, take a break right here. And when we come back, we'll get uh, get into the uh, cocktail half hour. All right. And we're back to the cocktail half hour. So what do you uh, got shaking there, Scott? Yeah, so this weekend, man, I got to, uh, I was at a fundraiser for, for special needs kids at the Growing Hope Farm here in Toledo, Ohio. It's, uh, it's a, a, a great group owned by some folks that we're friends with. And, uh, and as part of their, their package, um, one of the drinks I got to enjoy was the Cutwater Margarita. And I had always wanted to try one, never had one. And, uh, you know, you've been on this kick with, with some of these canned cocktails and different things. And I actually thought Cutwater was part of ranch water. And I've had the ranch water seltzer, um, but doing a little research, I think they're two entirely different companies. I mean, they oddly look similar as well, but, but the, the cut water margarita, I guess is owned by this guy's a, a liquor distiller. 
uh, and he makes a bunch of different liquors and there's a bunch of different, you know, true liquor cocktails in a can is kind of their thing. And his pitch is so you can enjoy a cocktail if you're fishing or you're on a boat or wherever, make it, make it easier to have a true cocktail somewhere. And I'll tell you what, man, it was not low carb friendly, lots of carbs in the cut water margarita, but it was a delicious, I poured that pan of margarita right over a big glass of ice. And I'm telling you in a pinch, Sitting on a hot day, it was a delicious margarita. Uh, certainly not quite as nice as squeezing the fresh limones like they do down in uh, El Paso, Texas. But but in a pinch, it didn't have that funky, you know, I've had a lot of, I had the salsa, you know, seltzer margarita, all the wacky, seltzery, weird, you know, you see the, you see the memes, you know, this used to be Zima back in the day. Those always taste a little wonky, but this tasted like a really fresh margarita. So, Cutwater margarita, highly recommended. 12.5% alcohol. It was a nice drink if you're out there and want to have one. Man, that does sound good. And, you know, more and more right out of the can, uh, they're making these uh, margaritas and drinks uh, that taste like if you were just to go to a bar and have a drink there. So they're really getting really good at it. Um, you know, I was over in um, Vicksburg, Mississippi. I took a little trip down there. And I got to tell you, I really, really like that little town. So I decided I, I saw the liquor store. So I said, hey, I'm going to jump on in there and uh, get some stuff. Uh, I did get the Seagram's whiskey because you were talking about the uh, seven and seven last week. Yeah. <laughs> and that brought back, brought back a lot of memories. So I said, you know, I'm going to go ahead and get that and uh, do that. But I also got one of my favorites, with which is I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, the name of the uh, of the uh, vodka, uh, Shvedka. Yeah, I think it's a Swedish vodka, right? I, I've seen that with the big blue writing, S-V-E-D-K-A. I think you're saying it right. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, whichever whichever one you choose, they've got different color bottles. This one is actually like a lime green, but it's a cucumber lime. And, man, I love this. It's, I love the flavor. I love the way it tastes. And pretty much you can mix this with anything. And I've been drinking this. Uh, I'm having my drinks now as we do the podcast. So when we get to the, the halfway hour, I'm already, I've already been drinking. But I put an ounce of the uh, cucumber lime vodka in there. And if you want to make it stronger, you can uh, go ahead and add two. But I put an ounce in there with uh, some 7-Up. Uh, and then I put a little bit of orange juice just to give it just a little bit of uh, sweetness to it. And uh, I've got it with ice. And man, this thing tastes so good. Man, Lou Rivera, you're schooling me now. I've embarrassed myself for the last time. Next week, I come back with a fresh hashtag sippity sip. I'm getting the mixer out. You're going to hear the ice shaker going. I'm doing a proper cocktail next week because I, I, this we've completely changed our relationship. It's like the Seinfeld, you know, Elaine is up and, and uh, George is down. And then they flip. You know, we've gone full circle the other way now. I am failing you as a cocktail compadre. <laughs> Next week, I'm whipping up some cocktails. I love it that you're, you're branching out there and making some freshies like that. You've inspired me. I'm going to get back in the game. Dude, you have inspired me. I, uh, I always wanted to just, uh, you know, make different drinks, get into that, cocktails and what have you. And then also uh, the same thing with cooking, right? I, I love to start like experimenting with cooking. I, I think I'm a pretty good cook and I've got uh, a knack for what kind of goes as far as seasoning and what have you uh, to make something really tasty and, and good. But cocktails and liquor is always one of those things that 
it's endless, man. It's just like food, right? It, you can make yeah. so many different combinations. You know, it's it's funny you say that, Lou, because I I I have failed in my cocktails like I fail in my food. You know, you get you get in a rut. I was off to the races with our podcast and I made all my favorites and then I got in a rut. So I, I jumped to what I had time for and started grabbing some easy shit. And uh, I do the same thing with food. I mean, it's like if I have one more Caesar salad, I'm going to fall out of this chair kind of thing. Right. <laughs> so I, uh, I I'm going to go. I'm going to make this commitment to the fine people that listen to us week in and week out. My son got me a book a year or so ago. It's actually by Fever Tree, who's the great tonic water that I referenced in an earlier episode. And it's chock full of amazing fever tree cocktail recipes. So I'm going to, I'm going to one up you next week. I'm going to find a kick-ass recipe and I'm going to fresh up a cocktail right live on the show. And I'm going to get back in the game, man. Thanks for keeping me on it, sir. (laughs) I look forward to it, my friend. All right. So I want to rehash something from last week. I want to talk about uh, my phone overheating. And I promise you guys, this will be the last time I talk about it. I've got the Google Pixel 6 Pro. I went to a Vicksburg, Mississippi uh, to do some filming, and guess what? Once again, the phone started overheating. I guess my fix did not work. It worked for a little bit. It took a little bit longer to overheat, but it still had the same issue. I was so damn pissed and so freaking angry. I just wanted to take that damn phone and throw it into the Mississippi River. But I decided I'm going to go ahead and keep this phone because I like the way everything else works. And I went ahead and bought a new phone. I'm going to jump back into the Apple arena. Um, I like Apple. I had it before, but it's been a really long time. Apple is so innovative with their phones, and especially when shooting video, it usually has really, really good quality. I didn't want to go with the 14 because I can't afford that for sure. So the 10, I bought it for $243 off of eBay, and I'm still going to get good video quality off of it. I've never had a problem with a refurbished phone, and they give you a year warranty, so I'm good with that. I'm going to see how that goes. I definitely like the way the operating system works on the uh, Apple versus the Droid. It's just so much smoother. Yeah, no, I'm sorry that, uh, man, you, you know, as much money as that that Pixel costs, man, I'm sorry it's not performing for you. But uh, but I, I hear you. You know, I, I've shared with you I have an iPhone for, for work, and I have, you know, the same phone as you, the Android, the Pixel 6 for my personal phone. And, and I've always had a personal phone has been Android. So I've never really mastered the iPhone and, and, and I have found, I've, I just got the 11. I got a new phone. I had like an old SE or something cause I never cared. And finally works like, Hey dude, they can't service your phone anymore. So they, they sent me an 11 and uh, it does work pretty smooth. I mean, I get it. Like I, this is the first iPhone I've ever had that I'm like, you know, I need to figure this guy out because it works really great in a lot of ways. Yeah, and talking about technology, I've got a recommendation uh, for you guys if you have not seen it yet on Netflix. The uh, movie is called Steve Jobs, and the uh, person who portrays him is Ashton Kutcher. I normally don't like him as an actor, but i got to say he did a really good job portraying Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was just a son of a bitch. He was a very complicated person. You know the uh, people that he started out with, the, the ones that created Apple from the from the get-go, he did not offer them any uh, stock options when Apple went public. I don't know how people can just do that and live with it. Yeah, you, I saw that movie. You're right. It's, I feel like it's a couple years old, and uh, he does a great job in it, and that guy's a complicated guy, man. And, you know, and this is awful to say, and, you know, man, I didn't even stay at a Holiday Inn last night, much less be a doctor. But, but, you know, I mean, that guy died a horrible death because you just feel like he had all that turmoil inside of him. I mean, he, he's one part genius, one part 
you know, a little bit nuts, one part control freak, one part pressure, stress, big company, blah, 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 leading technology, never been done before. I mean, your body just can't handle all of that at some point. And, and I get it. I mean, I'm sure somebody's going to write in and say, no, you got cancer because of this or whatever, right? Because he smoked yeah. 10 packs a day. You know, I, I get it. But I also just feel there's a just an unhealthiness to, you know, I always say I'm that guy that gets wrapped around the axle and I'm really working hard to kind of be a little lighter, friendlier, easier guy in my later years. And, you know, you just can't carry that with you. He, he, was, a, he was a character, Matt. You got it right. If you really think about it, they're so smart. And if it wasn't for them being so quirky and so complicated and just pushing people to be better at technology, we probably wouldn't have what we have today. So what do you think about them pushing electric now as far as solar and uh, electric cars? What's your take on that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, too, because in our world, you know, in camping, which we've shared a lot on here, I mean, there's, there's a lot, you know, solar works for camping in some pretty amazing ways. It's almost like the microcosm of, of the, the small household needs. You know, if, if you make a smaller space and you have less stuff in it and your most critical item that consumes energy is your air conditioning, you know, like, like if you really streamline down now, this system will work and keep you running. So so if you can make it work on that level, and there are lots of people who have extensive solar setup, setups with the lithium batteries, and I mean, they can go and go and go. It's it's just not there yet at, at the level we live our lives. You know, outside of you and Gina who live that design, you know, the, the majority of folks have a house, they have this, they have that, they have all this stuff, and it's not quite there yet. But I, I would love it to be there. Um, you know, I, I, I would... I certainly like to wake up every day and, and save Mother Earth to the best of my ability. Uh, I, you know, I, I, if that meant electric cars and, and solar panels and, and you know, and, and if it were a break even, I mean, I, I don't necessarily need to save a bunch of money to do it. If, if I can live the life the way I need to be it or I can curtail life a bit to have it make much more sense in the way that the Mother Earth needs it, I'm, I am game for making all that work. I just can't do it when it's not even close kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I don't understand why all of a sudden it's such a, a, a big push to do this, right? Before, they never really thought about it. And uh, the gas companies, usually they had the uh, people that were um, out there in Washington making sure that the electric cars were just uh, not going anywhere. Um, and, you know, the gas companies, they, I mean, they're making so much money that they're advocating to not have electric cars, but now they're pushing it so far that I think they need to try to make it happen, but don't try to do it so fast. It's got to kind of trickle down. And you look, you look at California, they're, they're talking about 2035. They're not going to have any gas vehicles on the road. And I just can't really see that happening with that, all the issues that they're having out West uh, right now, especially the heat, all the grids are over uh, being they're, they're being overused and uh, people can't even turn on their air conditioning because they don't have an electricity. So how is that going to uh, factor in? It's, it's, you know, it's beyond me. I don't know how they're going to make that work, but you know, me and Gina, we've got the, uh, the van and we've got uh, two solar panels on there. And I'm always just tickled to death that uh, I get free electricity. I mean, we, we've got everything that we need in the van as far as uh, you know, lights and, being able to work the TV and the fan and what have you, and it's free. So I love that aspect of it, and I, I think that we can do it. But on a grand scale, 
the way that uh, they're trying to do it now, it's going to be a long, long while because I don't think we can fully just go on electric. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. You say that because it, it's like, you know, it's like me and my, you know, obviously I've, I've shared enough, you know, trying to drop some LBs. I mean, we, we can all do all the crazy diets. We can do all the crazy exercise. All that stuff matters. It comes down to caloric intake, caloric burn, you know, like, like it's the same with energy. It's like, you know, energy needed energy consumed. And, you know, like you're doing and like my son, you know, he, he built enough solar for his, his van then, and he knows what he consumes in a work day, you know, between his PC or his, you know, his, you know, his, his phone, all, all of the stuff, uh, MacBook is the word I was trying to strive for there. Between his MacBook, his phone, his, his whatever else he's got to run, and then he knows what he can do manual. He, he has figured out the amount of energy he burns in a day, and he knows on a full Sunday I can make this amount of energy. This device will store this energy. You know, like he, he just – unpacked it all and that is how energy is and and i feel like if we got the politics out of it to your point there's a lot of little wins along the way i think we would all be happy to do i mean i i would be happy to have solar panels on my house if if i knew it could do this this and this and then i would need you know this type of energy to cover over for this you know like let's unpack it let's not again it's another thing that's caught up in the whirlwind of politics preventing us from being kind of where we need to be yeah, I think a lot of people use more than they need, right? Uh, I think this type of lifestyle is one of the things that I do love about uh, RVing because you, you really have to watch your water and you have to watch your electric. And um, to me, I don't know. I enjoy that stuff. I like it, it keeps me focused. I know that I've got this much. And if, if, if we go over, then uh, we're going to have issues. So I, I kind of like that, the whole aspect of that. Yeah. And it, to your point, it does tickle you. When, when you've made, I made it all week. I didn't have to, you know, I use, I'm not out of water. I had a couple showers, made it all week. Like it is pretty cool. Like, it, and, and conversely, you know, you, you get oppositely unrewarded when, when you fill the blank tank, the blank tank, the black tank too fast. It's like, whoa, we got a problem, you know, like, <laughs> so you, you get instant feedback on when you're conserving and not conserving. And I, I think that's a great thing. And maybe it's as simple as that. How do we get instant feedback in our daily lives when we're overusing and, and not underusing kind of thing? Right. So what's uh, what's another interesting topic you want to talk about? Yeah, got anything man. on the board? You know it. So so spider webbing off of the queen passing away. God rest her soul, as they say. You know, there's this there's this theory out there you know there, there there are a group of folks that that think people all you know famous people die in threes you know that that's that's the folklore out there it's famous people die in threes so so i got a sister that's a little bit crazy bless her heart and and as soon as somebody famous passes i get a text and she says the queen the queen's going today who are the next two right and she's always got her list of who the next two are. So, with you know, in the spirit of lightheartedness, there are some seriously aging celebrities out there. So, so I got a list going here. Jimmy Carter's ninety-seven years old. Did you know that? Ah, oh, Jimmy Carter. I feel like we're in his era right now, the way the economy is going. You know, he lives in Plains, Georgia, and he still gives sermons at a church down there. Wow, 97 years old. And then, of course, having this topic, I don't want any of them to pass you know, prematurely anytime soon. I don't want the lightning bolt to hit me, but, but he's 97. You got Dick Van Dyke, who's 96. 
You got Bob Newhart's 92. And you got uh, Shatner and, and William Shatner and James Earl Jones, both 91. I mean, yeah, so, somebody's living right. You start getting in the 90s, man. That's a, that's a, that's a life. Well, you, you played the long game, you know? Uh, I don't know if I want to live that long into the 90s, man. I guess if I still had my health and I still had my way of life, I'd be okay with it. I just don't want to be in some rocking chair in some old folks' home, uh, just looking outside and watching the cars go by. <laughs> I know Gina gets mad at me when I say this, but if I was not able to take care of myself in my 90s, I'm just hoping that I have one last breath that I can find the steepest cliff, and I'll be in my van and I'll just drive over that cliff in a ball of glory. Come on now. Come on. Let's not, let's not turn this podcast dark. So to that point, man, I'm, I'm with you 100 percent, man. I, you know, my, my daughter's in, you know, she's a neuroscience major. And, and she literally said as she decided on that major, Dad, I, I got to figure out how to fix brains because I know where yours is going. You know, she's like, I got to I got to get the cure in place before yours gets there. But, uh, you know, my dad, he'll be he'll be 91 this January. So he's 90 years old tax sharp still lives on his own gets around drives on his own I, i've ridden in the car with him i don't worry about driving with him i mean he's all there right right now what what he wrestles with the most is he can't understand how my son works works uh, for a big company at, but lives in athens ohio with a remote job like the remote job concept has him tied in knots like like he can't figure, but he doesn't have to go into the office. How come he doesn't have to go into the office? Like he can't figure that out, man. But uh, but other than that, he does great at ninety years old. I, I hope I'm. I hope I. I might not be as good today as he is today. Let's just say that. See, that's fucking awesome. As long as you're able to still live a, a life, you know, where you, you're not uh, bedridden or in a wheelchair, and you can't do anything for yourself, you know. I mean, that is that is awesome. Good for him. You know, I don't know about you, but when some of these uh, actors or uh, performers, when they leave the scene and you don't see them for a bit, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, five, ten years pass by, and then you see them again and you're like, holy shit. Like, they age so much. And uh, it's just unbelievable because they, they almost – you could just see them. It's almost about that time. They're withering away. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen Jimmy Carter in a long time, but in prepping for this, I saw a picture of Bob Newhart at 92 and I was like, Oh oh, oh, man, he can't weigh 80 pounds. I mean, it's, it's like, wow. You know, I, I saw that. Yeah. I, I definitely, to your point though, I mean, you know, I'm trying to get in better health and I watch what I eat more than I ever did. And, trying to get some exercise. I use my travel time to, you know, when I'm, if, if I've got time between flights connecting in Atlanta, I'll, I'll walk the full way to the next terminal versus jumping on the shuttle. And, and I know people are laughing like, really fat guy, you're, you're going to, you're going to walk an extra half mile. That's going to make you live till 90, but uh, you got to do something, you know, you got to take them where I can and try to do it. You know, it's silly park a little further out, whatever. Cause I, it does matter. You know, you gotta, you gotta treat the body right. You just never know, man. I, I mean, I think about Gina, you know, not not making it, almost going over to the other side. And, man, I still remember that day. I'm, I'm sitting in the van. I'm just crying my eyes out. But, you know, there's a guy that we watch. His name is Steve Wallace. Uh, he's from Canada. 
And he does these shows where he'll go in the craziest places and he'll camp out for the night. It could be a parking lot. It could be in back of a, of a neighborhood or something like that. And a uh, really interesting guy. He's got a lot of followers. But uh, the last video that he put out, his wife just passed away. And he's got to be probably in his late 40s or early 50s, I think. And, uh, man, it was it was it was hard to watch because I just feel for the dude. And you can see that, uh, you know, he was really uh, shook up about it. And she just died in her sleep. So that's one. And then come I, I, I picked up the phone this morning and I get on Facebook and a, a friend of ours, uh, she just started dating uh, this guy. And it looked like, you know, the relationship was blooming. And um, all of a sudden, you know, she's she's saying that she's heartbroken and she can't believe that happened. And, you know, the guy is gone and she's there. And I would say probably late 40s or early 50s again and he passed away and steve wallace's wife died in her sleep this guy died in his sleep like what is going on here yeah no for sure man and we you, you know what you know for sure is you have right now and beyond that you just don't know and so that's that's why and i'm a pot calling the kettle black man i'm the worst of it i get wrapped around the axle and i get all serious about work and this thing and that thing and None of it really matters, man. None of it really matters. We we have accomplished the goal. We wanted we wanted to get our kids set up for success and and give them you know the, the lives that they they asked for and wanted, uh, and and to the best of our ability. And and, and we like to think that we've got uh, two very productive members of society. So for us, that's winning. You know, if nothing else from here, we feel like we did our job raising two amazing kids and. Uh, you know, beyond that, work doesn't matter anymore. I mean, I want to be gamefully employed, but I'm not going to I'm not going to pop a valve over it. You know, I mean, li living life, enjoying life and 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 then those around us is so much more important than, than being wrapped around the axle about some dumb decision somebody said in an email. You know? Yeah, I, I think it's so cliche, but, uh, you know, they always say live today like there's no tomorrow. And I truly believe that, you know, you get so wrapped up in your everyday life that you um, don't really think about things like that, you know, that you just really need to enjoy what you have going on. I always remember being over at in the Grand Canyon and I was just on top of, of the cliff there. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this is so freaking awesome and so stress-free and so peaceful. And when you're there, you don't think about everything else that's going on, you know, all the bullshit that's going on in your life and the, the little things that the little and the, and the big things that you think about that uh, you, you think are important. You forget about all that, you know, so I don't know. There's something to it. I, I really can't explain it or, uh, or put my finger on it. But I think uh, definitely enjoy and enjoy life as much as you can, because you're only here for a short period of time and then it's over, my friend. Yeah, Lou Rivera, you are my church, man. I you you know the kind of week I had this week and and man, I I did everything but a fan dance to get out of setting aside a simple hour to do this podcast, but but I was not going to not keep my commitment and it was a little crazy getting into it and of course, once I get into it, I'm like so happy to stop time for a simple hour and have a great conversation with a friend and remember what's important in life and uh you did it again, man. I need you to be my, my personal trainer. And if I had the same level of accountability with exercise, I'd weigh half what I weigh today, man. Your you sensei. Know? Yeah, it seems, uh, it seems so ridiculous that we can't just stop for an hour and talk about what's going on in our lives. But, 
man, I, I, I got out of bed at 6.15 this morning. I was like, ah, I'm not going to be able to get an hour in with Lou. I, I don't want to let him down. I, I, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to put Lou in a pinch if we don't can't get this done till later in the week. And like you, you can feel my irresponsible slide start on like Tuesday this week, you know, and uh, man, everything happens for a reason. So I'm glad we found this hour this week to talk about life and what's going on in our lives a little bit. And then have a little fun making fun of the new king, right? Yeah. Well, dude, listen, I, I definitely appreciate it, man. And I know that uh, your life is a lot harder than, than mine is. And I, and I say that because I know you're on the road all the time and that's got to be really difficult when you're, when I text you and you're telling me, yeah, I just got off the plane in Dallas or yeah, I've been sitting on the tarmac for about an hour and a half and now they're going to replace the plane. I got to wait another hour. I'm thinking to myself, I, I've got nothing to complain about. I'm just, I'm just here, man. So I'm available at all times. And uh, with you uh, having to work and being out there, I do appreciate that you take the time. And we're trying to stay consistent on this podcast. And I, I enjoy doing this podcast with you. I'm really having a really, really good time. And I hope everybody out there is also enjoying the podcast. So uh, on that note, my friend, we're going to go ahead and uh, leave it here because I know you you got a meeting to go to. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And we really do appreciate it. And uh, thank you for always coming back. Uh, little by little, the, the uh, podcast is growing. So we're really happy about that. And um, we'll see you guys next week. You guys have a great weekend. Awesome. Thanks, sweet Lou. Love you guys all as well. Check you next week. Cheers. Uh, excuse us. We're not Mexicans. We're from out of town. We were wondering if you could tell us where the best hotel in town is. There's no hotel in this town. Great. No hotel. I could kill somebody. <laughs> Excuse me. You are the... <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> we have heard of you. No kidding. 